This is the Raider Cop Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and the gang patrolling America's law enforcement beat. Now, here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cop Nation. Welcome to episode number 70, 70 on Radio Cop Nation. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, on this six-part series that we've been covering. Part one, of course, was um, Wednesday of last week, and now we're diving into part two, which is the what. The name of the episode or the series is Concealed Carry, Who, What, Where, When, Why, and How. That is a mouthful and so is the subject, lot to cover in such short time. Now, before we dive into that, I want to take advantage of apologizing for the first part of the series where myself and the two superhero guests, um, Mike Sierra and Kilo Sierra, uh, dived in with us on the who, who can carry. As a brief summary, we discussed the... Uh, adult age limit for uh, having a weapon or carrying a concealed weapon. You know, the 18, yes, I'm an adult, but I can't drink and I can't carry a gun, but I can serve my country. And we also talked about people with post-traumatic syndrome, how that affects carrying concealed. Miracle marijuana, what does that do in all this? And we kind of painted a, a, a picture of where the government might go in the future when it's on the subject of carrying concealed weaponry. Today we discussed the what, and that is specifically is what am I carrying? What weapon of choice is it that I have on my person? So there's a lot to unpack here in such a short time, and we're going to dive into it in a minute. Of course, keeping up with our First series, as I stated, I will always come up with a slogan about uh, what our leaders in our country, the people that we should be looking up to or have looked up to, and some of their quotes. Today, we continue with the General George Patton, where he said, when in doubt, attack. And as we know, in today's political arena, it's attack, attack, attack all day long. And it looks like there's no relief in sight. But as such, it is the wacky world that we live in, especially in this country. Uh, If you haven't noticed, the Democratic left, they are losing control of their party at a rapid speed. Recent poll indicated 51% of Democrats are acknowledging that they are leftist, socialist in nature. So they are rapidly losing control over there. They're being mugged, pickpocketed, slapped, and everything else that you can come up with. But they are losing their party. This is why the old guard... Uh, They are just acting as crazy as they can be, coming up with all crazy concepts, lying down in front of the the train as it comes, just to be obstacles because they have no plan and no idea and have no idea how to proceed just before they get mugged themselves. So they are a large segment of our political population, the Democratic Party, and they are bursting at the seams. They are being overwritten and overtaken by the the communist army, the Red Army, and there's nothing else we can do but watch this sideshow. So it will affect each and every American, especially in the police world, as we move forward. A lot of chiefs of police out there with political opinions on regards to, hey, the issue is not the wall, the issue is my community. Well, the issue when I was four or five years old, Santa Claus never showed up. I stuck through it, and at my late age today, I've come to realize that Santa has been a fictional character 
all along. So if I can point here or I can point there and say crime is here and crime is there, gentlemen, ladies, we are wasting our time. The border needs to be secured because our law enforcement brethren and sisters down there that work in Border Patrol telling us what's going through there and what's happening. And we can lend a blind eye and a deaf and a blind eye and a deaf ear to the event, but nevertheless, if we can control that border somehow, it will help our country very much so. So that's my uh, enough for that rhetoric on politics, which is a four-letter word. We are going to dive into on. Uh, carrying concealed the what, what, what can I carry? <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, a lot of things on the agenda on what to carry. We're going to break this down into seven segments. And let's start off with semi, semi-auto. Just taking a little sip of an adult beverage, which is classified as coffee coffee. Now, on the semi-auto area, we have three specific subdivisions or subsections we're going to look at, and that is the subcompact, the compact, and the duty weapon, or full-size duty weapon. The subcompact and the compact what are the differences? Well, there's a lot of differences from duty to subcompact and accuracy. And not so much firepower, but hitting the target is going to be adventurous also. Now, there are more areas that we're going to look at as well. We're going to look at, let's get out of the semi-auto. We're going to look at revolver, which used to be the traditional um, carry and that's gone to the wayside, slowly but surely. Uh, knives is a knife for concealed carry. Tactical baton, OC spray, taser. And there's a lot more. I'm, I'm sure people out there with brass knuckles and everything else they can come up with. But for time, we're going to look at these seven. And, of course, emphasizing in specifically on firearms, because that's what the show's about. Now, when we look at the subcompact, we notice that the subcompact is the the barrel length in itself is shorter. Some at 3 inches, 3.5 inches, and so forth. And therefore, this becomes a little bit more troublesome on recoil and accuracy. Shooting a little gun especially with large hands, could have its own challenges. So the fundamentals of shooting, all seven of them, all those principles that we follow in shooting are going to be greatly compromised by the size of this weapon that you're carrying. So one of the things that needs to be looked at is you need to carry a weapon based on your comfort level. So that means you, the consumer, the person carrying the concealment, that person has to be comfortable in their choice firearm. We broke down three, subcompact, compact, and, of course, duty size or full size. Now, I am a firm believer that there are different times of the season that I can wear a different gun. There's no such thing as a permanent carry. If you're a gun enthusiast, you probably have several that you can transition to. But what really depending on what you're going to be wearing is depending on the conditions that you have to wear them in. Of course, being in Florida, that in itself would be a challenge. So... You, we, we looked at the weather conditions. You know, there are also places that are very cold, and as a result, that might allow you to carry a full-duty weapon underneath a coat or a jacket. 
Of course, the name of the game, folks, is accessibility to the weapon. Now, not only do you have to be comfortable in that weapon and all of its elements that go with shooting, you also have to have accessibility to the weapon in a rapid or quick uh, time of space. You can't be fumbling around with stuff to try to take the weapon out. So on the semi-auto market, from subcompact to compact to full duty, I specifically have a variety of wear. And I have my summer gear, and I do live in the Tampa Bay area, so I am so I am part of that wonderful tropical life in Florida. And I'm carrying a M&P, Smith & Western, 9mm, and it is my daily carry for the majority of the months in, in Florida, but not the only uh, weapon that I will carry. I will also go into the Glock aspect. Being my full duty, I will go ahead and carry the weapon that I carried for many, many years in my job, and that is the Glock 2340 caliber, which nowadays saying a 40 is like a dirty word. Ooh, you carry a 40? And um, old reliable, I call her. And... Uh, I've learned to master that weapon. It has helped me tremendously on grip. And, uh, you know, I don't think you should be afraid of the 40 caliber. I think you need to master the 40 caliber. It'll make the 9 look a lot easier. So that's my variation. We look at the revolver aspect. We have the traditional revolvers that we've We've carried the five uh, shot or five rounds and six rounds and so forth. You've got Ruger, you got uh, Colt, you've got uh, Smith and Western and Taurus as well, and, and and maybe some others I've missed. And you also have the titanium light. Now the issue with the revolver for me is it's never going to be as more concealed as it might be the semi-auto, especially the semi-autos that are in the single stack form. The revolver will be somewhat bulky, not necessarily meaning you can't carry it. And it can be carried in different ways too. The other issue with carrying a firearm is where do you carry it? We're going to look at that in other episodes but where do you carry this firearm on your person? Alternate carrying could be a problem for you if you have to use it. So with these light titanium revolvers, they're excellent. Some of them use the plus P38 round. Now we're going into the heavy duty. Remember, the 40 calibers turn into a four-letter four word in in gun culture, <laughs> you carry a 40. And now the 38 plus P is not far behind either, folks. So there are issues with revolvers. The knife, there are many tactical blades out there that we can get our hands on. The fixed blade, the switch blade, remember the old switch blades? And, of course, that you uh, the remove the... Re rectangular type of blade and each one has a variation of what you're going to be using it for of course I'm an advocate that if you're going to be carrying a knife you should know how to use a knife therefore that's a self-defensive course of instruction there is a proper way of using a knife the old throwing out the haymaker and slashing away is not the proper way to use it, but it's one that's excellent on television, TV shows, especially reruns from the 70s. And a lot of people think that that's the concept of carrying a knife. So a knife is in the play too, but you got to be trained in the knife because you could 
turn around and become three fingers brown. You want to make sure you know how to carry a knife. The tactical baton or the asp is part of that concealed weaponry as well. Again, your state may vary. Your state may not have a license. Or your, your state may be very specific in the carry and what you can. Some of these items, as a disclaimer, may not be covered in your state. So it would behoove the listener to make sure and look up what your state is, uh, their requirements. Or call a lawyer in your state and let the lawyer try to answer it. Now, the tactical baton has advantages, disadvantages. It is a fight situation. The disadvantages is it is quite lengthy, so you would have to take it out of your person, extend the baton, and, you know, go ahead and deploy it. There is a chance that that tactical baton may be dislodged from your person which is not a good thing. So what would you need there, kids? That is correct. Proper training in tactical baton. And I know the company ASP, A-S-P, do, I am certified with them. I know that they have the, the course that we are talking about. Usually the tactical baton is used on a person's uniform duty belt. So it is for duty use, not necessarily concealed. Could it be concealed? Of course. Could it be used? Yeah. But you should be tactically sound in any of these elements or options that we're talking about. <coughs> Next on the horizon is the OC or pepper spray. This is a favorite of, of course, a lot of people. Some of the pepper sprays that are sold out there cannot kill flies let alone hurt a bad guy. So make sure that what you are using does work. The reliability, you have to be very accurate with the nozzle of the spray. Make sure that the nozzle doesn't twist in any way. So when you do take it out of your person, your purse, your bag, uh, your underwear, wherever you have it, and you deploy it, that the nozzle's in the position of where it needs to go and not aiming towards you, let's say, because that would be a horrible mistake. And lastly, the taser. There are some tasers that uh, you have to deploy, uh, physically touch the person, and there are others. Again, this is one of those areas that you have to look at what your state allows you to to carry. Taser has all kinds of problems because it only uh, renders the person uh, neutral uh, for five seconds. Therefore, that might not give you enough time and, and you might not have enough uh, of, of a charge in your make-believe taser that you brought at the discount store to tase this person over and over again. So these are the weapons that you can carry. So this would be under the topic of what we are carrying. But we are specifically concentrating on semi-autos and revolvers and firearms for this specific show. We're going to bring on our guest. They're going to give us their hot list, what they think is really, really good for the what and what they would carry. I did say that I, I used the Glock 23 as a full. I've used the 27, and that is what is considered the baby Glock in 40. Oh, you used a 40 caliber? And, of course, my daily carry is my M&P from Smith & Western in 9. Single stack. Love that little gun. Uh Big difference from shooting it from the Glock, so it takes uh, some mastering. Not that it, the, the Glock is the, the the weird gun that you have to get used to, but when you go to the Smith & Western, you see everything is a lot more tighter. Springs are tighter. Everything's a little bit more tighter than it is in the Glock. 
So a quick five-minute review would do wonders before you deploy it. And uh, I had some other weapons that I can use, but those are specifically the three that I would use on my person, depending, again, on the season and the concealment. So I don't want to wear my 23 on a hot summer day in June or July with a small pair of shorts and have a big bulge and have all of a sudden not care who can notice it. That wouldn't be tactically sound. So, as we said, depending on the season, depending on the climate, is depending on the weaponry if you have a choice. If you don't have a choice, you only have one gun, then you want to make sure that you have mastered that gun in the what aspect. What are you carrying? That means you know how to take that weapon down, you know how to shoot that weapon properly. You know how to maintain that weapon and clean that weapon as well. So you feel very confident. The only thing you would now have to look at is how are you going to carry it. But remember, we told you on this series, the how is going to be lengthy. All right, so let's jump into the subject and let's call in our, our first superhero lineup starts now. And as usual, one of our favorite superhero co-hosts, Kilo Sierra, is back on the show. Welcome on the show, buddy. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I am blessed, and I know that we are blessed to have you. Why, thank you very much. I love the compliment. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. As always, we, we are bringing quality content to the show. We're letting the listeners know Today's subject on the carry concealed is the what on episode mm -hmm. 70. What can you carry? Now, before we got you onto the show, we I did break it down a little bit for the audience. We spoke about semi-auto. You have the, the, the sub-compact, the compact, mm -hmm. and the full duty. We spoke about the revolver and the titanium knife, mm -hmm. tactical baton, OC, taser, you know, those are yes. just other options. Yes. But, of course, we're concentrating on that carry concealed in firearms. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. there's a lot of good guns out there, as you know. Oh, yes. And, oh, yes. And we could probably be on this one show for a month. Oh, definitely. And, oh, and yeah. you know what the sick part is? There'd be millions listening. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Eating popcorn and enjoying the content that we're giving them. Absolutely. But, we're, we're, it's great. There's so many great options. That's what's yeah, awesome about and, it. Yeah. And it, it's it's a field that's getting bigger and bigger. The polymer yes. field uh, is, is growing as well. Yes, it is. So on your take for carrying concealed as a former range master and, of course, a current instructor in firearms, what would you, what's your take on that uh, that everyday carry? Let's say. Well, everyday carry. First, uh, the the two most important things. So before I even get into like different types of models as examples, uh, what you can shoot well and a quality holster, uh, because those are the two things that that yes, you definitely want something that you can conceal. Um, it's which is very important because you want to, you know, assuming you have a concealed carry permit, you want to conceal it and you cannot skimp on your holster. So those are the first two things that uh, small, if, if the gun's small or the gun's slightly larger, regardless of the model, it's what, in my personal opinion, for first and foremost, uh, a, a gun that functions well and a gun you're, you're very accurate with and you can shoot well and you're extremely proficient with under uh, any emergent circumstances good and the whole exact and the holster uh, a good quality holster because i've learned as a rookie you cannot skimp on holsters 
Um, and it has to be comfortable because if you're not, if the holster isn't comfortable, you are not going to wear it. Right. Uh, um, and and for everyday wear, like if you're going to the bathroom, you're sitting down. If the holster's not of the best quality, the gun. I've I've, I've seen cases where the gun is popped out of the holster, or the holster's ripped, or when you pull the holster out from concealment, not only do you pull the gun out, but the holster likes to stick for the ride as well. And you pull the gun and holster out, and it's a mess. And that's why a, a lot of my courses on concealed carry, I insist that the individuals who take my class bring in the different types of guns and the different types of holsters because you'd rather know and understand, okay, uh, whether the holster you tend to carry and the gun you tend to carry, can you shoot well with it under various positions? Uh, one of the positions I also teach shooting is the, the, uh, uh, the sitting down the supine position because many fights or exchanges involve shooting from the ground. And there are some holsters that are useless when you're in a seated position. Correct. So, so these awkward, uncomfortable, awkward positions. So in a nutshell, what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to get at is before I get into the models that are pretty cool, uh, the fun stuff, that uh, the, 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 the uh, holster is key and whatever gun you're comfortable shooting with and that you can conceal now, is, is... If yes. I can make this point on the holsters, again, yes. if you're a Second Amendment uh, uh, lover like we are, yes, you'll understand the point I'm about to make. For those mm -hmm. that are novices, let's just say your your holster collection will be large. <laughs> okay, because yes, it you're is. gonna all of a sudden say this is garbage, this is good, and you're gonna compile boxes and boxes of holsters. Uh -huh. Your fall holster, your winter holster, your summer holster, your beach holster. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Your boardwalk holster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> your salsa dancing holster. No, exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah, yep. so just, just be on the lookout for that as you travel through the gun world. Holsters are a big deal. Huge. And you have love-hate relationships with your holster as you go on through there. So true. So yeah. true. And, and the size of the firearm, you get that debate too. I mean, typically, rule of thumb, subcompact, compact. But there's some people that I know. For example, there's a, I don't want to name names, but I used to qualify this individual, a rather large officer, who would conceal a Model 29 Smith & Wesson. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, when I first qualified him, I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you like it. And hey, he proved me wrong. Not only was he able to shoot 100% with it, but he was able to conceal it because he was a, a rather large individual and he had uh, an inside the pant holster. And it was a four inch yeah. Model 29. And he got away with it. Yeah. I mean, if, it's all about training. It really yeah. is. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. training. So, I think it's training and mindset. If yes, you fixate your mind into that type of development of training. It's going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah. The train. I'm glad you said the training because, in conjunction with the training, what is an absolute must is that aside from your traditional standing comfortably and reaching and sweeping your clothing away from it or pulling the shirt out of the way, the standard stuff, you must be able to shoot in what I call awkward positions. Because mm. you will, in a fight, just like uh, when you take martial arts and you, you, you try to uh, uh, analyze different things that could occur during a, a, an emergency situation. So for, so for example, I, I try my best to train people and myself as well. I'm including myself in the mix um, to, let's say, from whatever concealment holster I have to try to draw, shoot, load and reload with my support hand only to see if I can access the firearm with my support hand with my concealed apparatus or with my concealed holster. Right. You know, and those are the things that you, that the, I, because you never know what's going to come at you right. in a situation. Um, also, I like to add too, that's really important is that, you know, regarding concealed carry, and I talk about this, you know, sometimes you have concealed carry holsters in which you have the belly bands. Let's say you're a jogger, you have a belly band, and they're great because it kills the profile. You can put a sweatshirt on it, you don't need a belt. However, the deeper you conceal the firearm, the, 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 the more time it takes for you to access it. Exactly. 
So these are the things that you have to, that's why I, I insist that all of my students, when they come to training, whatever gun they want to carry, holsters, aside from the gun, it's 50-50. Of course, the firearm size is important, how they function, how they shoot, but people negate the crucial aspect of the holster because that is what carries the gun on your body. That is what you have to remove the gun from. Exactly. So it's, it's key. You cannot skimp on the holster. No, you got to marry the two. Yes, they've, correct. They've got to be together at the hip. Yes, correct, correct. Um, so, like, I use belly bands when I jog, um, uh, and that's another issue. Some people like ankle holsters. Uh, so it all depends on how fast you can access your, we access your weapon during an emergency situation. Yeah, and on the ankle holster, just to make a reference to that, and, um, you know, not trying to be funny, but... Remember, if you're a righty, your ankle holster will go on your left and vice versa. Exactly. Some people don't know that, and they buy the wrong ankle holster. Yep, that is so true. That's a great point. And also what people forget is that if they tend to use an ankle holster a lot more often, that guns in general get dirtier quicker if you use them in an ankle holster. Correct. Um, Correct. So if, if that is the case then you definitely, you always have to clean your gun, but you have to be more prudent if your weapon is in an ankle holster a lot more often than it is in a hip holster because it tends to get dirtier. Exactly. It's too close, closer to the ground. You're absolutely Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, and also depends uh, the size of the gun, too, for the ankle holster. Uh, also, so you're going to be careful. Now, diving into the gun. Uh, yes. You know, w for firearms, we have... The revolver, of course, it's oh, it's been a favorite for, for many, many years, probably 40, 50 years. And now they have the revolver and titanium and so forth, making it a yeah. very light weapon. I'd, I'd like to jump in on that. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I definitely want to uh, talk about that. Now, the titanium, scandium firearms that exist, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. Uh, they're great. Because a lot of them were 11, 12 ounces. Yeah. Okay. And they're, they're phenomenal. You almost forget you're carrying them. They're great. But what I want to stress for those individuals that have not shot them, that it's a, a big difference when you shoot a scandium or a titanium revolver than a, a, a normal uh, revolver because because of the less the le the less the weight you actually feel the recoil more so it requires in my opinion a little more training for faster follow up shots. Correct. Because they're, because they're very light, they're great. Uh, I've used them. I had a uh, I've had many uh, titanium revolvers and they're wonderful. They're in, but it just as an FYI for those individuals that are hearing this and want to get one, they're fantastic. But I recommend a lot more training because you, it, there's more perceived recoil um, on whichever caliber. So it, it just takes a little more training if you're not proficient already. It takes a little more training for that accurate second follow-up shot or the follow-up shots. Correct. And, and another thing is the, the plus 38, the plus peach. And, yes. And, and the power that goes behind that. And yes. a lot of people have to take that into consideration. Also, your Correct. concealment, because it is a revolver, it might be a little bit more of a print on yes. your body as a result of that. Correct, because of the cylinder. Exactly. Correct. So, exactly. yes, you're going to have probably a lighter weapon. Very expensive, too. They're, they're yes, not they are. cheap. They're not cheap. But one thing about a revolver is reliability. It does what you make it do. Correct. Press the Correct. trigger and it shoots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly, it's very simple. You can even for for women or for individuals that carry purses. I mean, if in an emergency situation, if you have to, you can actually even fire it through a purse. Correct. Because it it will go through where a semi-automatic will jam. So mm -hmm. it it has its place. It definitely. I love revolvers too. I love them both. And, and it has its place, and it's a it's a great firearm, but it requires a little extra training if it's one of those ultralight models. But yeah, they work. They're very functional. You can shoot fast, and they're they're wonderful. I carry once in a while my Colt Detective Special. There you go. Love that gun. Steel frame, six rounds, and it's light and it's wonderful. 
I love it. Yeah, uh, people that wear revolvers, like my my old uh, range master, uh, you know, he wears his, his revolver and he swears by it. It's um, something that people, they've trained with, they've used so well, they won't replace it. It exactly. works for them. It works for them. Hey, if it works, that's the key. If it works for you, then stick with it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So now we travel into the semi-auto market. Yes. And this is a huge market. Mm-hmm. And we break it down mm-hmm. to the three components, which is the the subcompact, the compact, right. and the full duty. Correct. What's your take on these? Correct. Uh, some of the subcompacts that I personally like, and this is your personal preference, I like the Glock 43s. Um, I used to carry the Glock 27 as well because I'm a 40 caliber guy. I had the 27, um, my friend. Ah, there you go. Uh, yes. There you go. I like them a lot. I also like the, uh, I, I carry uh, the Ruger LCP in 380 um, with a sneaky peat holster. Mm-hmm. I carry that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I also like the Ruger LC9s. I like Rugers also in general because they're a very robust firearm. And uh, regardless of the size, regardless of the caliber, Rugers are very robust. And I just ha- I just like them. And the LCP I carry personally, and I like the LC9s as well uh, as subcompact. And SIGs, of course, I like the SIGs. The, the, the 938 and the 238s are real nice too. Um, they're, they're, they're very – and, of course, old school. Old school, the Colt Mustangs are cool. Oh, yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Very cool, and even the uh, um, the semi autos, the 1911 versions, like the Kimbers, the Micros, they're they're actually very promising. Yes, awesome. a, a little bit on the expensive side too, but they are yes. very 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 good guns. Yes, yes, now, exactly. Now with the subcompact, I'm going to lose a little bit on accuracy. Correct. Yes, correct, 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 because. It's a smaller sight radius. So the distance between the front sight and the rear sight is very small as compared to a larger firearm, which means that, you know, on the range, if there's a slight deviation um, on when you align the sights, it's going to be a little more pronounced the further out you go because it's a small sight radius. But the, because the smaller, and people don't realize this, is that the smaller the gun is in general, the, the, the more difficult it tends to be to shoot if you don't train properly. Correct. Yep. So so the smaller the gun is slightly, it is a little more challenging to shoot. But like you and I have spoken before, it's just a matter of training. But it's a matter of being cognizant of, of that fact. It's physics. It's just the way it's just the more perceived recoil for the most part, a shorter cider radius, which means that a smaller mistake is a larger mistake. A smaller mistake with the sights is a larger mistake downrange, which is a little itty, what I call itty bitty uh, pistol. So, but that's okay. It's just a matter of training. You just, you just have that understanding in mind and train, train with it and you, you should not have a problem. Yeah, correct. I, I totally agree. Now the industry itself is yes. really concentrating on the subcompact yes. Um, yes. Uh, area because this is what attracts concealed carriers. Correct. And to give an example on one company, which I referred to this during the segment of the plastic gun, mm-hmm. where Glock first introduced itself, everybody gave it that uh, bad um uh, ideology of oh, it's just a plastic gun. It's a plastic yes. gun, and Glock couldn't get over that stigma of being the mm. plastic gun. Mm-hmm. Well, now we see the Sig, the three sixty five, the mm-hmm. the the issue with the firing pin, which mm-hmm. is, according to Sig, less than one percent of the Correct. guns that they manufacture. Very small percentage, but now Sig's got to get through this stigma that their guns will stop firing at one point and mm-hmm. you never know when that is. And that goes into the psyche and the mindset of the shooter. Correct. Correct. Cause they're, they're firearms. They come out, especially newer models that might have kinks that the manufacturer will address, but that's been happening since, you know, the inception of firearms. It happens. 
It happens. But in today's social media world, you know, the mistakes are more pro, they're more prolific in regarding, you know, knowledge. Everyone knows it quicker. So manufacturers are always behind the eight ball and when they have to correct a mistake um, or, 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 or a manufacturing problem. And SIG's no different. Glock had, I mean, it, every company has some type of uh, problem that they have to deal with. You know, right. and, 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 and you know, and, and it's it's a matter of just looking at the manufacturer's quality and their and their history. Now, if and, you look and, at the reviews on the 365, the Sig, you everybody says it's a fantastic little gun, but now the stigma that mm -hmm. one day it might not work is really stuck in the, the mindset of a lot of people. Sig has addressed this issue. Unfortunately, they've become now the modern-day plastic gun that Glock had to overcome back in the uh, 80s when they were introduced. Correct, correct. And hopefully they can overcome that stigma with uh, uh, with quality control and with them doing what they have to do and rectifying the problem. Uh, I hope that they were able to, to overcome that stigma because Sig Sauer is another outstanding firearm, uh, yeah. an outstanding brand. In my That's opinion, great. I think Sig really pushed the envelope on yes, making the 365 as small as they did. And yes, only they, did. they could pull it off being so so good of a manufacturer. Yes, Even though yes. it has problems, anybody else would have tried to pull this off, it would have been a disaster. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Would have been a disaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's engineering. It's great. I mean, yeah. it, it's awesome. SIG's a great product. Yes. It, they're, is, they're, they're a, it is a great product. Yes, as, it is. As well as the Glock, too. So, yes, it is. Oh, of course, they're great. And that, that's what makes it. That's what makes this a great topic. Is that there's so many outstanding manufacturers that, you, that to, to choose from. It's it's just it's it's great. In, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree. Uh, I believe that everybody, every manufacturer, is following Glock. Correct. Now I'll Correct. probably get the uh, look, the Glock lovers. Let's change the channel. <laughs> there, there's no doubt that there are better weapons than Glock out there. There's no doubt, but for the, sure, for sure, the reliability sure. and the money, you can't you can't uh, overlook Glock. Absolutely. But absolutely, I, I remember the plastic gun in the '80s. Now everybody's polymer and everybody's following. Right. Not only is everybody trying to follow the um, the, the, the quote unquote the plastic gun, but you know the, the internal striker striker fire guns. Uh, how many manufacturers are, are making striker fire guns that are similar to Glock? So they're definitely trendsetters. Yes, they they really are. Yeah. And again, as as we said, that the the subcompact is geared for that concealed carrier, especially yeah. the newcomer. Correct. So correct. As correct. you said, knowing that a smaller gun is going to be a little less accurate, so you're going to have to train up a lot more. On Correct. That gun, and 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 just to touch briefly on one more manufacturer, and that's the Mossberg. Yes. Known for shotguns, known for rifling, over a yes. hundred and hundred and something years tradition. Love Mossberg. Here Love they them. come out now with a little semi-auto subcompact called the MC1. I can't wait to shoot that. I am. I cannot wait to, to try to shoot that. That's. I, I. I. I love Mossberg to begin with. I really. I'm so looking forward to shooting that firearm. You know, I. I see the reviews on the on the on the MC1, and the only thing I can think of is toughness and reliability. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's mm -hmm. the way their shotguns are. Correct. You can Correct. beat I it to death, Mossberg and it's shotguns. always going to shoot. I own many Mossberg shotguns, and I also own uh, the Plinkster, the rifles, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the 22s, uh, and they're, they're fantastic. So I can just imagine uh, um, this, this new product coming out. That's why I'm so looking forward to trying it. It's, it's, they're, they're just a great manufacturer. Now, great. I, I'm a firm believer that if you're a novice and you're getting involved for the very first time in firearms, you should maybe go to a, a range where you can rent these guns, shoot them for yourself and see what works, what fits in your hand. <laughs> That's exactly what I tell my students. Um, if sometimes a student has a hard time deciding what farm to buy. So if they don't, if I, I, I tell them, look, I have enough guns where I can bring my own before the class or during the class. However, 
That's a recommendation that I always recommend that for uh, that if they have a luxury of finding a range where they rank different types of firearms, it would behoove them to do that yeah. because it, it's it's definitely very important to, to figure out which type of gun you can shoot accurately. That's, that, that's where it comes down to. There are certain guns that I know, it doesn't matter what gun, for some reason, you or I can touch it, shoot great <clears throat> with a novice shooter, won't be that great, even with training, it all depends on the individual, on the, the hand size. <clears throat> like for example, and, and I, I can speak on my, on my behalf, certain 380s for my hands, I'm, I don't have huge hands per se, but there are certain manufacturers with a 380 that I cannot shoot because it gives me what's called a 380 bite. Yeah. Um, the slide bites me and it makes my hand bleed. And no matter how I grab it, it just doesn't work. So I know that I cannot shoot <clears throat> that type of firearm because that frame doesn't work for me. Exactly. So, right, and it might work for you. So that's a great idea. I think I, I always recommend to students that before they go window shopping for a gun, if, especially if they're relatively new, then either find an individual that has a, a different assortment of firearms or go to the range and, and rent different sizes and different calibers. Definitely. Excellent points we're making here. Now we're going to go into the the bigger boys, the the, uh -huh. the more reliable, the more stronger gun, if, if for lack of a better term, and that's the compact. And we'll even throw in the full duty. What do you yes. got? What do you got on that? Yes, uh, so a compact. I carry a lot for not just for off. I'm not off duty. Uh, for um, security work, I have a Glock 23 as an example. I carry that, that's a compact. Um, I also carry a uh, four inch a Springfield Commander, uh, government model 45, mm. and, that, and that's a, technically a compact as it's a commander size. Right. It's just a, a matter, compacts of course, tend to be slightly heavier, generically speaking, uh, in regards to their subcompact counterpart. Uh, a compact tends to be a little heavier tends to have a slightly larger sight radius, which tends to make it a little easier to shoot because uh, a little more forgiving regarding uh, a discrepancy in the sight alignment. So it tends to be, and it's also more weight, so it tends to be easier to shoot. However, it can be a little challenging, especially for smaller statured individuals to conceal a compact a firearm right. because of the size. And that's where holster wear is important. Uh, where, 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 like for example, uh, I'm a big guy, but sometimes a 23 can profile a little much, so I tend to wear an inside the pant holster to overcome that problem. Correct. So, so that's just an example. That's what I do. Uh, so, so, but uh, th those are the definitely ones that, that I carry. Um, uh, also carry, uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, so uh, the revolver. I told you about that. Now, um, but the, the full size is a little more challenging. Yes. Uh, so. Yes, <laughs> but that's the thing where um, the, the Stig also, um, they make fantastic, you know, the 320s are a fantastic gun also. I am going to buy one eventually. I don't have one yet, but I've shot many. And I love the modular design concept on the 320. I like the trigger on it. So eventually I'll buy that and be carrying that as well. Yeah, now the, the full, as you said, it, it, it is an obstacle to carry especially for those uh, lovers of the 1911, and we're not going to call Pistol Pete by name, that is more <laughs> challenging to carry, of course, concealed. But it all depends on your wear. Uh, sure. I, I, sure. I think. A little, a little bit on that. What do you think about the different type of clothing? Okay. Well, one of the first things is that um, I'm a huge proponent on uh, wearing the firearm on your belt, whether it's strong side hip or cross draw. So one of the first things that you must take into consideration is, uh, in my opinion, is having, uh, aside from uh, the, uh, uh, an outstanding holster that's comfortable and it holds the firearm properly and securely, is to have the proper belt. Sure. Because your, your normal dress belt will warp especially you know, uh, with a heavy gun, uh, will warn it inside the pan holster, but because of the weight of the gun, your normal, the quote unquote normal belts are not necessarily made to take that extra weight. They're, they're made to hold your pants up. So I would definitely recommend getting quote, the gun belts, where the belts that look like dress belts, but they're actually thicker and stronger, are reinforced to actually hold the firearm. Correct, um, which, which is my normal belt. 
<laughs> right. Mine too. I only have five eleven belts. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So sometimes you have nylon, sometimes you have leather, whatever your preference is, as long as it secures the firearm securely on your hip. Um, and, and that's important. If it, you are a, a fan of the shoulder holster, just to make sure uh, it holds the weapon securely and you can conceal it, if, assuming you have a jacket, that's, that's important. Concealability is huge. Yeah. Um, and if you are a fan of the ankle holster, make sure that the, the actual holster holds the firearm securely at your ankle. And as, I, as you said, if you're a right-handed uh, shooter, you make sure the whole, it's a holstered on your left ankle uh, facing inside and that your pants cover the firearm appropriately where it doesn't profile. Doesn't mean you have to wear bell bottoms, but that you have to uh, wear the pant that is appropriate that'll cover the gun because it'll come out, especially, or sometimes if you sit down, your pants will creep up and all of a sudden, if it's a low riding ankle holster, that, that little barrel's gonna stick out. Right, skinny jeans are not recommended for ankle. <laughs> no, no. For ankle wear. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, and we'll we'll finish with this with this topic. And the elephant sure. in the room is double stack versus single stack. Oh, here we go. Because <laughs> I know everybody's out there. Oh, how do I carry now? I the Glock twenty three was my duty weapon, so oh, you know I okay. had it for I've got it for over twenty years. So I use it still even now as retired. Do the same mm -hmm. thing with you, the inside the pants. Little uncomfortable, but hey, yes. you know, it's not like having the big boy with you on, exactly. on, on a run. But here the double stack issue of the Glock versus the single stack. Now Glock has addressed this with the Glock 43X, which is single stack now. It's a new thing right. for Glock now. They just dived into this new market single stack so give us give us a little rundown on that sure and i go back to the point of uh functional reliability and how you can shoot the firearm some individuals um have large hands and sometimes they might have an issue uh having a, a more efficient grip with a single stack because it tends to be thinner in their hands okay it's uh it's personal preference personally also a double stack tends to be wider so it tends to be a little more challenging to conceal so it, it all depends on the concealability of the firearm on your body because me personally i like both single single stack versus double stack however uh, regarding uh ammunition capacity well it's all a matter of training i mean i i carry five shot six shot revolvers and i carry 13 round lock you know uh 23 max. Right. So it's just a matter of training regarding uh, the amount of ammunition you have on your body. But to me, it's, I, I just think it's personal preference because I'm a 19, I like 1911s too, and that's a single stack for the most part, unless you get a pair of ordnance where it's a double stack. Mm -hmm. And and in that case, like a Beretta too, the grips tend to be a little chunkier in a Beretta 92FS. Uh, so it's a double stack a nine millimeter. So it's just a matter of what you're comfortable with too, because double stacks are definitely wider. And I think this uh, Glock was smart in addressing the issue because there are people that prefer single stack magazines in yeah. the sense that it's a lot, it's, it fits better in their hand for whatever stack, however hand, your hand is, you know, however it is, there's a large hand, small hand. Sometimes single stacks are more comfortable for the smaller handed individual or just for the shape of your hand. Really? Yeah, I, I fell in love with the uh, Smith and uh, Western MMP Shields yes. series, and because it was single stack and very nice, I, I yes. didn't think some uh, another firearms instructor uh, told me about it, and I had, you know, visions of the old Smith and Western when they tried to go into that market, and it was I didn't really like it that much, but when I saw this, I fell in love with it, and that's my daily carry. Uh, awesome, awesome, that's, that's great. And, uh, another great product. Yeah, another wonderful product. Yeah, yes. I try not to mention that in front of my old Glock 23, but, you know. <laughs> they get jealous. <laughs> they get jealous. You know, they sit in the safe a little longer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like always, we are blessed to have Kilo Sierra. He has blessed us with so much information here on the what aspect. What can I carry? And... There's probably a lot of people out there, and this is my last, my last question is going to be, 
Mm-hmm. In the form of a New a New Yorker, a New Yorker, which New Yorker, exactly, a, a New yes. Yorker that is uh, transplanted to Florida. <laughs> and, and, and it's hot in Florida, so what should I carry? Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, in regards to the clothing, because clothing is a huge issue. In, in my personal opinion, the smaller the better. So the subcompacts will probably have its its place in the in a hotter climate. Exactly. So. The uh, the LCP Ruger LCP Glock 43, uh, the Six, the, was it the 938? The small one. Yes. That's, that's, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the Colt Mustang, uh, even a um, also a 38 scandium or titanium. The smaller the better because of, of of what you wear. That's a definite, in my personal opinion, from experience, uh, that that has a huge advantage. I am to- I am a transplanted Floridian for over 30 years. And I, I, most of my wear is shorts, and I could tell you that I carry almost every day. With the experience. of course, I even of carry. Course. Get this ready, when I mm-hmm. cut my grass. <laughs> wow! When I cut my yeah, well, you know, forced to have dedication. It. It's a force to have it, my friend. Of course, I get it. Of course. <laughs> One day, if you are a listener, you will reach the level. Of psychotic behavior that myself and Kilo Sierra have with guns. <laughs> and we want you to plug in always here. We are blessed yes. to have Kilo Sierra with us. Thank you, uh, my friend, for... Thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. And thank you. It's a blessing to be on the show. I love coming on. It is. It makes my day. Thank you so much. We are blessed to have you. I want you to have a wonderful day. And we will continue this series with Kilo Sierra. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Have a great day. Well, they have an excellent show with uh, interview with Kilo Sierra. On episode number 70, this is Concealed Carry, who, what, where, when, why, and how. And uh, we are going to continue this series. This is part two of a six-part series. And remember, we've told you that the how might turn into another episode in itself, more than one. So we are honored to bring you this information and that you have taken the time out of your busy schedule to listen to us. We discussed a lot about uh, subcompact, compact, full duty, revolvers, clothing, uh, how to train, how to feel proficient, how to rent possible firearms in the future for you to get comfortable and see if they work for you. It's all about you and you have to train, train, and when you finish training, train some more because then you'll be proficient. How do you get in contact with us? Well, it's easy. It's RaiderCopNation.com. Scroll all the way down to our page and down to the end and you'll see the icons. They'll pop up. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everything else. It has been my pleasure and my honor to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. Next episode, number 71, the subject is the same but we turn we turn it over to the where. So carry concealed, car, uh, concealed carry who, what, where, when, why, and how. Part three, January twenty third. It's a mouthful. I even get tongue tied every w- once in a while. We keep you. We will keep you blessed, and we will keep you in prayer. Remember always to bless yourself, your family, your community, and most importantly, the agency that serves you. And always, we shall always bless our great country, the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike from Redicott Nation, signing out. Guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, my home.
Four three two three, two thirteen twenty two. 